Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our good friends at Alumni Hall, the best place, the go-to place. For all your Georgia gear and accessory needs, I'm your host Tyler and joining me today to make our week 9 picks of the week and take one final look at the 2021 edition of the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, of course, is my co-host Charlie, the star of the podcast. Charlie, you ready for this weekend? I'm ready. Are you though? I am. Are you? Yeah. I will say, you seem like unusually upbeat and like excited for this game this week yeah and i know like Uh, we we talked a couple weeks ago about how you hate going to auburn that's not your favorite place i know that downtown jacksonville is also not your favorite place but you seem like at peace with this you seem excited Uh, yeah i wish it was gonna be a little warmer yeah was especially like 70 71 on saturday yeah as a high yeah it's a big decision pants or shorts ah that is a big decision, Charlie. I must make this decision myself. I've been thinking about it. I don't know. I'm thinking pants right now. Oh, I'm thinking shorts. You thinking shorts? Yeah. I hate pants. I hate pants too. Okay, all right. Shorts with the quarter zip from I'm thinking, Alumni Hall. I'm thinking tank top, long sleeve shirt, and sweatshirt. Just have the layers. Because then I can put my long sleeve shirt on my yeah, legs I'm if okay. I get cold. Yeah. I'm okay if my legs get cold. As long as my upper body is okay. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, fair. You talked me into it. Shorts it is. Shorts it is. But you actually texted me. I think it was Sunday night. And you're like, it's Georgia-Florida week. And I was like, who are you and what did you do to Charlie? This has never happened before in the history of your life. I don't recall doing that, but okay. That, that did happen. It did happen, but regardless, I'm very excited that you are actually excited about this game. Because I know it's hard for you to get excited about things. But as for our picks last week, Charlie, I don't know if you saw this. It was a very good week for both of us. We both went 6-2 and two against the spread in the games that were on our official slate. Charlie, that brings you to 35-30 and 30 against the spread in the year. You are fighting back in a big way, Charlie. 30, that's, that's, You've had a good couple weeks. I'm okay with that. You've had a good couple weeks. I don't really keep track of it, so thank you for reminding me. Well, that's me. why I have to do these things. Uh, but that also brings me to 36-29. and 29. If you're wondering, if thinking back to last week, why do the totals sound a little different? I'm only one game behind you? Right now, yeah. You've had a good oh, couple weeks. Yeah. 
But I went back and I took the bonus picks out of my win total. I think maybe a week or two ago, I started doing some bonus picks that weren't on our official slate. I'm going to keep doing that if you guys want me to. I'm happy to do that because, again, I'm not always super confident in the games that make our slate because these are like the biggest games of the day. And I want to give you guys the winners that I'm actually putting my money on. So uh, I've done well in those the past couple weeks, but I didn't think it was fair to Charlie to, to inflate my total with those bonus picks when Charlie doesn't have the chance. I guess you could throw in your own bonus picks, but I don't think you're going to do that. So I took those out of my win total. I think I'm just going to add them as locks the rest of the way if I give you guys some bonus picks. Those, those are the games I'm confident. Those are the games I'm actually putting money on. So I'll just add them as locks the rest of the way. So Charlie's at 35 and 30. I'm at 36 and 29. Speaking of locks, Charlie locked up Texas A&M minus 21 over South Carolina and absolutely nailed that. She nailed that within like the first quarter of that football game. But we did both miss on NC State to cover three at Miami. Charlie, did you catch any of that game? No. I watched the entire game because we that was a lot for both of us. And I was extraordinarily frustrated watching that game. NC State is the better football team. They got some injuries in that game that certainly hurt them. The best defensive player, Isaiah Moore, at linebacker, got knocked out of that game pretty early. And they just... They didn't play well. Miami, give them credit, made some plays at home. It was close, but the Wolfpack did fall short at the end. They lost by one. Um, That's just a bad loss for NC State. There's no way they should have lost that game. So I am now 7-4 with my locks, and Charlie is 5-4 with hers. However, we did both nail our upset special as we both had Oregon straight up on the money line over UCLA. That brings Charlie to 5-3 in her upset specials, and I am now 8-3 with my upset specials. Basically, Charlie, I just need to use my upset special as my lock of the week every single week because I'm doing better on those than I am even with my locks. So doing pretty well there. It, it wasn't that elusive perfect week that we had both been after, but it was still a very good week nonetheless. And this week, we have a better slate of games, right, Charlie? Yes. We have a better slate of games, and we will get to those in just one second. But quickly, do want to remind you guys again about Alumni Hall. If you're looking for anything Georgia-related, if you want a Georgia G on any of your clothing, any of the accessories you have out there, tailgating gear, whatever it might be, Alumni Hall is the place to go. Charlie, I know I got a new cup. You did? That is a nice new cup. I think you got a new cup like a couple weeks ago. Another new cup? I like cups right now. What do you call it? Is that a tumbler? Yes. It's a tumbler. It's a Tervis Tumbler. Tervis Tumbler. I believe that's what they're called. Are they actually called Tervis Tumblers? I think so, yeah. I don't have any of those, but it's nice. And it looks like you're having a good time. It looks like water. I think it's water. We hope this is water. We'll go with that. Or maybe it doesn't need to be water. Who knows? But yeah, that's very nice. Alumni Hall? Yes. They have everything, guys. I'm telling you. Everything you could want. The holiday season is rapidly approaching. You want to get there. There's supposed to be a supply chain shortage and all that stuff. So you might want to get in there as soon as you possibly can. Go to alumnihall.com today. Or you can visit them in-store inside the Epps Bridge Shopping Center here in Athens. And also, if you're coming up to Athens at any point in the future for a stay, to visit friends, come to a concert, a sporting event, whatever it might be, make sure to check out the Normal Town Cottage on Instagram and Airbnb to book your stay in the best neighborhood in Athens, just a very short distance from downtown. Got awesome bars, very unique bars and restaurants of its own right there in the heart of Normal Town. You got free parking on a tree line street. You got an awesome host who'll take care of every single one of your needs. It's clean. It's spacious. It's got multiple rooms. It's got everything you need for an awesome stay. So check the Normal Town Cottage out for your next stay in Athens. But all right, Charlie, 
What games do you have for us today? All right, it's Separation Saturday in the Big Ten this week with a number of big games, and we're going to start with Fox's Big Noon Kickoff, which has Michigan State as a four-and-a-half-point home dog against rival Michigan. Jim Harbaugh has been on the hot seat for a few years now, but Mel Tucker is really rolling in year two as the Spartans head coach. Both teams are undefeated and barely beat Nebraska, but the Wolverines even had trouble with Rutgers a few weeks ago. Overall, I think Mel Tucker took notes while he was at Georgia and has implemented some of those things that he learned from Kirby, obviously with his own spin on it, um, but definitely took some notes. Kirby and Nick Saban, played for, both, coach Saban. for both of them. And I think that's helped him to be so successful the first two years at Michigan State. Now, State upset Michigan last year. And I think home field advantage will be huge as long as the crowd turns out at noon. I love Kenneth Walker at running back for Michigan State also. I think the Spartans win. It's going to be tight, but that's upset special number one for me. So you got Michigan State to win outright. Yes. At home. Yes. Sparty. Go Sparty. Yeah. All right. Well, did, Charles, did you notice that I have an upset special? I mean, you know what, Charlie? You're right. I may even as, have a as, lock. As much grief as I've given you over not having your upset specials in your locks, I need to give you a standing ovation right now. Congratulations, Charlie. This is this is um, this is a big moment. It's a big moment in the history of the Glory UGA podcast. I think it's the first. So congratulations and thank you for that. Thanks. I don't think this is a crazy pick though, Charlie. Both these teams are built in very similar ways. It is at Michigan State. Uh, both teams want to stop the run. They want to run the football. They have game managers at quarterback. But again, I don't think this is a crazy pick, Charlie. Michigan State absolutely could win this game. But I just think Michigan is the better football team right now. Michigan State is undefeated. They've done really good things this year under Mel Tucker. But they have, I don't want to call it smoke and mirrors like I have for some. Like Kentucky, I, when we were playing them a couple weeks ago, I talked about how their undefeated record is kind of smoke and mirrors. And I think you can say that to a degree about Michigan State. But I still think Michigan State's a good football team. They're, right now, they're only plus 300 yards in the year, even though they are undefeated. Plus 300 yards in the year does not scream undefeated record. That screams like 5-2, and 4-3. and three. Michigan, on the other hand, is plus 1,000 on the year. Now, that does scream undefeated record. Michigan is also a fringe top 10 defense, number 11 nationally. Michigan State, number 87 nationally in total defense. Michigan uh, is number 25, stopping the run. Now, Michigan State does a pretty good job stopping the run. They're 28th nationally in, uh, in rush defense. But... Rush offense, they, again, they both want to run the football. That's what these offenses are built to do. But Michigan's just better at it right now. Blake Corum is a stud. And I really like Haskins as well. They're a really good one-two punch. Corum is more like the home run threat, the elusive guy in space. Whereas Haskins is like the big 225-pound running back. This is a pound unit submission. He's a really good athlete too. But you're right, Charlie. Kenneth Walker is maybe the best running back in the country. That guy has taken the, the Big Ten by storm coming over from Wake Forest. But Michigan's number five nationally in rushing offense. Michigan State's number 32. Yes, this game is in East Lansing, as you pointed out, Charlie. And I absolutely would not be shocked if Michigan State finds a way to win this one. Michigan is better. I do think that. But the margins are small enough in key areas in this game that a mistake here, a mistake there by Michigan could lead to a Sparty victory. But at the end of the day, what I think it's going to come down to is who can find more success in the pass game. Who, Whichever team just does a little bit more in the passing game, I think will win this football game. And it, that's tough to predict here, as neither team really features a dynamic passing offense. You got Peyton Thorne from Michigan State, Kay McNamara from, from Michigan. Both guys are game manager type quarterbacks. 
But Michigan State is far more vulnerable defensively against the pass. They're, they're 121st nationally against the pass, whereas Michigan is, is 20th nationally. I think that could be the difference here. I think Michigan might have a chance to hit a few more explosive plays in the passing. I mean, heck, if they hit one or two, that might be enough to win this football game. I think this game could be close for a while. I'm excited to watch it. But I think Michigan will make enough plays through the air in the second half to find a way to get a hard-fought win in East Lansing. Four and a half is a lot of points in a game like this. And I don't like laying the four and a half here. I think this could be a, a two to three point type game. But I'm going to anyway. I think they're just a better football team, even though it's on the road. Give me the Wolverines. I think by six to ten points here, I'm going to take Michigan to win and cover. All right. Well, an undercard game in the Big Ten that has major Big Ten West impl- implications is Iowa at Wisconsin. Iowa dropped to number nine after the shocking loss to Purdue two weeks ago. And, of course, Wisconsin isn't ranked at all because they're not a good football team. Uh, But yet, here they sit with a chance to take the lead in the Big Ten West and are somehow favored by three and a half in this one. Iowa is six and one, but if they lose this game, they no longer control their own destiny in the Big Ten West. They have to win this weekend, and they're coming off a loss, a bad loss, of 24 to seven by to produce excuse me so you have to think the motivation and sense of urgency is there or at least you would hope if you're an Iowa fan Uh, these two are similar teams that want to run the football and win games with a great defense Uh, I'm going to take Iowa to cover you're not a believer in the Badgers well I think they'll win I just don't so you think think Wisconsin's going to win Iowa's going to cover okay okay yes okay so Badgers to win Iowa to cover got you Look, I, I told you guys, speaking of smoke and mirrors, talking about Michigan State, I told you guys a couple weeks ago that I thought Iowa was a smoke and mirrors team. And that kind of proved to be the case against Purdue. Charlie, I know you were pumping your chest here a couple weeks ago when you came in here, and it was the Iowa-Penn State game. I picked Penn State to cover to win that game outright, I think as the underdog, and you picked Iowa. I felt good about that pick. Penn State was up by two touchdowns before Sean Clifford goes out. You came in here beating your chest, but I said, I still feel good about that pick. If Sean Clifford... Didn't get knocked out there and win that game by two-plus touchdowns because Iowa's a smoke-and-mirrors team. They're not as good as their record tells you that they are. And that kind of proved to be the case against Purdue last week. And, Charlie, I will say, regarding Wisconsin, you're partly right. With The Wisconsin offense is not good. I would not say the entire Wisconsin team is not good. Offensively, they are not good, especially their passing game. But that Wisconsin defense is flat-out elite, Charlie. They are right there behind us from a production standpoint, really almost across the board. And even though Wisconsin's coming in, I think, 4-3 and three on the year, they're still plus 1,000 on the year. That's that's crazy, guys. Think about this, okay? And they're totally arch differential. This kind of shows you all the, the just insanity of college football sometimes. Wisconsin's 4-3, and three, but they have outgained their opponents by a little over 1,000 yards on the year. Michigan State is undefeated. They've only outgained their opponents by a little over 300 yards on the year. That doesn't even seem right. Like based on those numbers, Wisconsin's a better football team. Now, of course, you got to factor in level of competition, those kind of things. And what ends up happening is sometimes it's just a play here, a play there that costs you a football game. And that's happened to Wisconsin. There's been a couple of close games they lost that could have gone either way, but they end up losing those football games. Iowa, on the other hand, this is why I call them smoke and mirrors. Yes, they've only lost one game, but they're only plus 67 yards on the year with their total yards differential. That screams a team that should be like 500 right now. They've gotten by with forcing a lot of turnovers on defense, but that is not a sustainable recipe, all right? Relying on that level of turnover 
every single game is not something you can hang your hat on. It's going to happen here and there, sure, but you can't just go into every single game relying on that. And the Purdue game demonstrated that for everyone to see. In that game, I think he threw, I think Spencer Petras, I was quarterback, threw four interceptions, I want to say, in that game, three or four interceptions in that game. And they lost a turnover battle. And you saw they lost that game 24-7. to So all I'm saying is don't let the records and early season narrative fool you. Wisconsin just beat Purdue 30-13 when their quarterback only threw eight times in that game. And, oh yeah, that Purdue team beat Iowa 24-7 to in Iowa City. I think Wisconsin's playing better right now. They're finally kind of leaning into who they are, they're still not great. They're not good on offense. That's a problem for them. They don't have the same running game they've had in years past. They don't have the offensive line. They don't have the backs. They don't have a Jonathan Taylor back there right now. But defensively, they're really good. I do think Iowa is more capable of winning the game through the air, but that's only relative to Wisconsin because Wisconsin just simply cannot throw the football. But at the end of the day, Iowa is good on defense. Wisconsin is elite on defense. It's the best unit in this game. The game's also in Camp Randall. I don't like the hook here. The hook scares me. I, if it was three, I'd feel really I might lock this up if it was three. The three and a half, that hook scares me a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take it, Charlie. I'm going to lay the points, give me Wisconsin to win, and cover the three and a half. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right. Well, there are a lot of SEC teams with bye weeks this week, so we only have four, including Georgia-Florida. And I apologize for this game even being on the slate this week, but it's slim picking. So we also play Mizzou next week, so I threw them in just to get a little bit of a head start. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So Missouri's heading to Nashville as a 16-point road favorite over the hapless Commodores, bless their hearts. It's been a disappointing season for the Tigers, too, as they enter this game 3-4 and four on the season. But, I mean, it's Vanderbilt, which is maybe the worst Power 5 team in the country right there with Arizona. Yeah, I would say Arizona might be yeah. their competition for that. But so, yeah. Missouri is not a good football team, but it is Vanderbilt. So, Vanderbilt. Yeah. So, I'm going to take So, it's Vanderbilt. I'm going to yeah. take Mizzou to cover. I mean, honestly, that's not really profound analysis charlie but i think no, it's, it's sufficient not, but... it's sufficient analysis it's vanderbilt <laughs> like, mean... like what else do we need to say it is vanderbilt yeah i mean i get why this this game's on here this is, we, we we are in sec country there's not a ton of sec games we gotta throw this on here 
Um, and we are playing Missouri next week, so it doesn't hurt to get a, a little bit of head start. I'm with you there. Missouri, let's start there. I don't really want to talk much about Vanderbilt. Let's talk about Missouri. Missouri has been dreadfully bad on defense. They're still, like, for a while, they were the, they were dead last nationally in rush defense. Well, now they've moved up, guys. Moving on up. They're 129 out of 130 teams in the country in rush defense, giving up 287 yards a game. They are 126 nationally in total defense, giving up nearly 500 yards a game. But can Vandy take advantage of that? Like, Missouri's bad on defense. They're very bad. But I just don't think Vandy can do anything about that. Like, can they really exploit that? I mean, Vandy's 124th national total offense. They've gone over 40 yards one time this season. That was against UConn. They have made a change at quarterback, but are they going to even be able to score? Like, they'll probably score some against Missouri because Missouri's defense is that bad. But Charlie, Vanderbilt has scored 26 points total in four SEC games, and 20 of those came in South Carolina. It might be the other worst team in the SEC right now. And they are almost as bad on defense themselves. Yeah, Missouri's bad, but so is Vanderbilt. They're 120th nationally in total defense. And I think the one-two punch of Connor Bay's luck at quarterback, Tyler Bay at running back from Missouri, I think they will be able to exploit Vanderbilt's deficiencies defensively enough to win this one comfortably and cover the 16. Vandy, oh my God, guys. Let's talk about total yards differential. Vandy is minus 1,330 yards and minus 177 points in the year. They're being outgained by a by over a, like 1,300 yards on the year, and they're being outscored by 177 points. With those kind of numbers and metrics, I simply cannot pick Vanderbilt in any capacity. It's kind of the opposite of the Bama play. Like if you bet on Bama every week to cover, at the end of the year you're going to come out on top. It's kind of a principal play. New principal play might be fade Vanderbilt, Charlie. Fade them every single week. In fact, Charlie, lock it up for me. I do have some level of concern about the Missouri defense because they're really bad. But Vandy is just so, so, so terrible in every phase of the game. So give me Missouri to go into Nashville and win this game comfortably. Cover the 16. All right. Lock it up. We're going to leave the SEC for a minute, and we're going to get out of our comfort zone for this next game. Let's go to the Lone Star State in a key American Conference matchup between in-state rivals SMU and Houston. Cincinnati gets all the love in the American Conference, but they aren't the only unbeaten team in the conference, um, as both the Mustangs and the Cougars can make the same claim. The winner of this game will be in the driver's seat for a shot at Cincinnati in the American Conference game. The odds makers see this one as a toss-up as Houston's only favored by one at home. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen either yeah, of these teams I was going to say, have you watched play? either of these teams at any no. point? Yeah. I guess I'll just – I mean, and Houston's only favored by one. I mean – So are you going with mascots? you going with colors? How are you making your pick I'm here, Charlie? Go, I'm going with the home team, I guess. You're just going with the home team? So you're picking Houston? Houston? Picking Houston. Picking Houston by one. Okay. I, I'm kind of right there with you, Charlie. I have seen both these teams play, but not a lot. I, I saw – Back in week one, I saw Houston play Texas Tech. I didn't watch the entire game. I watched about a half of that game. Uh, actually, the day after the game, I want to say. And I watched SMU, about a half of them, play TCU a couple weeks back. They actually beat TCU a couple weeks back in, in Fort Worth. And it's kind of the battle of extremes here. SMU is the far more explosive offense here. They're top five nationally offensively. They have Tanner Mordecai at quarterback, if that name sounds familiar. He was a former pretty big-time recruit a couple years back. He was, uh, he was at Oklahoma. Obviously, lost that job to Spencer Rattler. He transferred out, and now he's at SMU. They are He is actually sixth nationally in passing on the year. 
331 yards a game. He's number one nationally in touchdown passes. He's thrown 29 touchdowns to seven picks on the year. They throw the ball a lot, and they're very, very good at it. But on the flip side, on the other end of the spectrum, Houston has been elite on defense. They are a top five defense nationally. Number four nationally, giving them only 278 yards a game. Yeah, I know, level competition. But you can say the same thing about SMU as well, although they, they did beat a, a decent TCU team. Uh, they're number 12 in passing defense, which is a really interesting matchup here against a great passing offense with SMU. The thing is, like looking at this matchup, Houston is far better defensively. And it, you know this, this might be the year of the defense. We're, we're hoping that's the year of the defense. But man, I really don't trust Houston's quarterback, Clayton Toon. I know I've only seen him play once this year. I've seen this guy play a couple times throughout the past couple years. He's been around for a long time. And he's kind of just a guy. Like he's he's not great. He's not terrible. He's okay. He's a guy. Uh, I think they're going to have to score some points. They are really good defensively, but SMU is awesome on offense. Tanner Mordecai can light you up. So I think SMU like they're not gonna they're not going to be as productive against Houston as they have been against the rest of their schedule. But I do think they're good enough offensively to score some points here. I think Houston's going to have to match them to a degree here, and I'm not sure they can do enough offensively to keep pace and win this game. So I'm going to take the road dog here to win this one. Obviously, I guess this is an upset special. I mean, if you can call it that, it's basically a toss-up. I mean, SMU is the one-point underdog, so I guess it's some sort of vague upset special. But give me the ponies to go into Houston and win this football game. All right. Let's go back to the SEC for a few minutes with Ole Miss at Auburn. Um, Auburn's favored by three at home. I'm excited for this game, Charlie. How many bad calls are going to be made in this game, and how quickly will Bo Nix complain or agree with the rulings on the field? Well, I mean, it is an SEC game, right? Right. So we're going to have SEC officials. <laughs> so you're guaranteed to have at least two or three game-changing horrific calls. I mean, minimum at this point. Yeah. And Bo Nix, I mean, if they don't, if they go. Which team will it favor? Auburn. You think? I mean, despite what Bo Nix says, how many calls does Auburn get? That's what I mean. I mean, come on, what's he talking about? Yeah, no, absolutely. They're gonna favor Auburn, and there's gonna be some terrible calls. That happens every game. You should be ready for it in the SEC. All right. Well, Ole Miss is six and one with their only loss coming from Alabama a few weeks back. They may just win out with their high-powered offense. That is, if they can get healthy and get their receivers back. Uh, Matt Corral had one legit receiver to throw to last weekend against LSU. And you can get away with that against LSU, but not on the road at Auburn. That's a different story. And it's also at night. Yeah. Um, do we know which receivers they're going to get back? There's a chance. I mean, honestly, I've looked it up this week. Brandon Sanders, I cannot find any information on Brandon Sanders. It seems like Mingo might be out long term. Sanders, I, I'm anticipating him being out again as well. So I think it's going to be Drummond and the running backs, and that's the passing game right now for them. Okay. Well, home field advantage, especially at night, like I said, is real at Jordan Air. And Bo Nix typically plays better at home than on the road. My heart wants to pick the lane train to win, but Auburn just had a bye week, and Ole Miss is not as healthy as we would hope, as you just said. So I think the Tigers will win and unfortunately cover as well. You have a thing for the lane train. I love Lane Kiffin. He's hilarious. So if Lane Kiffin, if you were single and Lane Kiffin comes up to you and asks you no. on a date. So not that kind of, no. it's not, you think he's funny. Okay. I'm just yeah. making sure. Because he's, I mean. You can tell he's just having Just fun. checking on you here. You can tell that he enjoys what he does. Yes. And, and college football should be fun. And he and has yes. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. I agree with that. He, he, he's good for college football. He's good for the SEC. I totally agree there. So who you got in this one? You didn't Auburn get that far. To win and cover. Auburn yes, to win I and did. cover. Did you? Okay, sorry. I was I was fixated on this. Like, does Charlie have this thing for Lane Kiffin? Like, I just I couldn't get past that for a second. But anyway, Auburn to cover to win and cover. All right. 
Well, this one's a tricky one for me. I am like you, Charlie, for different reasons. I really want Ole Miss to win this. This is this is a head versus heart pick, and these always mess with me. I really want Ole Miss to win because, number one, I don't like Auburn, but number two, and more importantly, Auburn winning this game is better for our resume. And when I'm watching other games, my rooting interest, yes, there's teams I just hate and I root for, I root against on principle, but typically my rooting interest lies in what is best for Georgia in this game. What outcome is best for Georgia? And the outcome is best for Georgia in this game is Auburn beating Ole Miss. I do not like Auburn. I do not like Bo Nix. I don't, I'm, I really don't think I like Brian Harson either. I think Lane Kiffin is good for college football. I think he's fun. I think they're a fun team to watch. I, you guys know I'm like a Matt Corral stan. That guy is a tough SOB. He is an absolute beast out there. He's a warrior. But my love for Georgia has to take precedence over all of that. So needless to say, my mind is all over the place with this game. My heart's kind of all over the place with this game. But my rooting interests really don't matter. We've got to be objective here. We're making picks. you got to take the emotion out of it. If Ole Miss was healthy on offense, I would be going with Ole Miss to win this game. But they are not healthy on offense right now. Mingo is almost certainly going to be out. I think Brandon Sanders is going to be out. Matt Corral himself has been banged up. He was a game-time decision last week. He ended up playing. But I don't think he's healthy right now. I don't think he's 100%. And their offense has been human the past two weeks without those guys. And with Corral not being 100% healthy. They're, they're only averaging 31 points a game the past two weeks. Now, I say only, right? You're like, well, that's a lot of points. But that's not Ole Miss-level scoring. That's not what we were accustomed to seeing from Ole Miss. Tennessee's okay on defense. They're not that good. LSU is not good on defense. And and Ole Miss only managed to put 31 points on both those teams. They're just not 100% healthy right now, and that's really hurting them. They're missing key pieces. And Auburn, I think right now, is playing some pretty good football. Bo Nix is playing much better. I don't want to say he's good. He's playing the best football that he's played to this point in the season after his job was in jeopardy. I think really the coaching staff, Mike Bobo, have kind of figured out what he does best, and they're kind of leaning into that, which I think is helping him. Auburn's coming off a bye week in this one, and they're at home while Ole Miss is walking into this game banged up in a big way, especially on offense. I'm really not overly confident in this one because I think a healthy Ole Miss is the better team, but they are banged up. They're not healthy. Auburn's rested. Bo Nix is, as you said, Charlie, much better at home. Auburn can lean on the run game against the number 98-ranked rushing defense that Ole Miss has. So I've got Auburn to win and cover the three at home at night in Jordan-Hare. All right, also in the SEC, Kentucky is making the trip to Starkville as a slight one-and-a-half-point road favorite against Mississippi State. As Tyler pointed out, Kentucky is a good football team, but there have been some smoke and mirrors with the team as well. Uh, give them credit. They have won the games they have needed to win, but the margins have been small. And Starkville can be a tough environment at night with the Cowbells playing all through the night. All through. Oh, my God, Charlie. You know, we're going to have to go to that stadium next year. And we're going to have to listen to that. Yeah, I might bring my Oh, my bugs. God. Are you making that trip? Oh, it's I a mean, long I'm way sure out. I'm sure I will, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's good. I mean, I'm kind of excited because we never get to go there, but I'm not excited to hear the Cowbells. That's a good point. Bring, I'm going to put that on my calendar bring well, earplugs oh yeah you better be ready for that because it's gonna yeah. suck all right well mississippi state quarterback will rogers is leading the sec in passing and they have been playing well defensively under defensive coordinator zach arnett kentucky is still clinging to hopes that we will falter down the stretch and they can sneak in the back door into the sec title game or at the very least they are still harboring new year's six hopes but i think mississippi state is a real threat to win this game and derail all of those hopes for the wildcats Upset special alert. 
Upset special number two. No. I'm going with Mississippi State. No. To win. How dare you? Thought I'd forget, didn't you? You, make an, you made an art form of stealing my thunder. Hmm. It's like three weeks in a row you stole my thunder right out from under me. How dare you? All right. Well, Charlie, I think that's a good pick. Spoiler alert. I think that's a good pick. Kentucky, they're in an interesting spot. I mean, if you really think about it, Kentucky has a legitimate shot to go 11-1. and one. And if they do... That would put them right in the New York in the New Year Six conversation, and who knows, maybe even the playoff conversation, depending on what else happens around the country. And they're, I'm sure they're even nursing hopes that we slip up a couple times along the way. We'll have to lose twice. That's unlikely, but I guess it's possible. And they want to put themselves in a position to be right there to slip right in the SEC championship game if we do happen to slip up. I honestly, I think that's why Stoops did what he did a few weeks back, trying to score and, and score that last touchdown, like one second left. I think he was trying to get some style points there against the number one team in the country and maybe, you know, just ever so slightly position themselves a little bit better if they end up going 11 and 1. But this is a really dangerous spot for the Wildcats. Bama went into Starkville at night and knocked them around. They absolutely just rolled Mississippi State. But that's Alabama. Kentucky, yeah, I know they're they're good this year. They're not on that level. All right, they're not there yet. They can't just say, oh, well, we're 7-1, so we got this. No, you can't just roll your hat out there and say, we're Kentucky, we're going to win. That's not how this works for Kentucky. What we know that Kentucky wants to do offensively is they want to run the football. That's not a great match against, against Mississippi State. Mississippi State is very good defensively, and they're very good against the run. They're borderline top 10 nationally, the number 11 in rushing defense. Mississippi State isn't as good as we are against the run. No, they're, they're not Georgia-level good. But... I think it's going to be a similar story for Kentucky like it was against us a couple weeks back. Can Kentucky find enough success in the passing game? Josh Ali at wide receiver will likely be back. Kind of be a shot in the arm for the Kentucky passing game to, to kind of match him up there with Wandale Robinson. But outside of Alabama, I keep looking at this Mississippi State team. I think they're pretty good. Like I think they're a sneaky, pretty good football team. Because outside of Alabama... Mississippi State's been right there with everyone else. They beat AM in College Station. They had a game stolen from them against Memphis. They lost by a field goal to LSU. Time kind of just ran out on them in that game. They could easily be like a 5-2, and two, maybe even a 6-1 and one team with a few other bounces going their way. But the fact is, they're, they aren't. You are what your record says you are, I guess. But I think they're technically better than that. Like, really, I believe they're better than that. Offensively, they've done a good job of adjusting to the drop-8 scheme that a lot of teams, pretty much everyone they play, Uses against them. They've become much more patient offensively, not trying to force the issue. Will Rogers at quarterback, he's third in the country in passing offense, first in the SEC, 364 yards a game. And this is another game where it's like head versus heart for me. I want Kentucky to win because that makes us look good. That makes our resume look ever so slightly better. But I'm I'm with you, Charlie, here. I'm going to go Mississippi State as the slight underdog to not just cover, but win outright. Give me this as an upset special. All right. Another great Big Ten matchup this weekend is Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State has done their part to make this a big matchup, and they're favored by 18 and a half. Ooh, that's a lot of points. What? But Penn State has dropped the ball and lost two straight entering this contest, one of which was the longest game in college football history last week in a nine-overtime loss to Illinois. After Brett Bielema told his teams basically that they suck. I can't understand how they were able to win that I guess game. The, the players are just playing for each other at this point. I, I mean, it could be one of those things where you kind of rally around each other. Yeah. Just at least for one Prove game. Wrong. And then you go back to being who you were. Reverse psychology. Yeah. All right. The Nittany Lions Big Ten title hopes are fading fast while the Buckeyes seem to be heading in the opposite direction as they have rebounded in a big way from that early season loss to Oregon. 
With Penn State losing last weekend, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State are all tied for first place in the Big Ten. This weekend could cause a huge shakeup. Even though Penn State lost last weekend, I think they'll be ready to play. However, it's 18 point, 18 and a half points, and it's at Ohio State at night, which is a huge advantage. Um, I'm going to mm, – I mean, I hope Penn State's – I'm going back and forth this one, Charlie. It's yeah, just... because then you think, oh, well, they lost in that heartbreaker nine overtimes. That's just exhausting saying it. Um, but they were two-point plays. It's not like they played, like, entire series from the 25-yard line. Right, but still, like, the, the yeah. up and down, yeah. the drama, that takes a toll. I guess I'm going to have to go Ohio State to win and cover this one. Ohio State's playing really good football right now. Like, is it crazy to say Ohio State might be the second-best team in the country? I don't think that's crazy. Say that again? Ohio State, second best team in the country. Oh, I thought you said best. I was like, uh, Second yeah. best. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I know they've got a loss in the resume. I know, it's a home loss. But, man, they're playing good football right now. Speaking of smoke and mirrors teams, Penn State was another one of those teams. They're another pretender. And they just happened to get exposed right before the biggest game of the season, at least to date for them, in this matchup in the horseshoe against Ohio State. The problem for Penn State is really simple. They have one singular playmaker on offense, and they absolutely, simply cannot run the football to save their lives. They can't. They cannot do it. And Ohio State, as I just said, like they are turning it on right now. Yes, they lost to Oregon. Over their last four games, they are outscoring their opponents 272 to 64, and they are outgaining their opponents. They've more than doubled them up. 2,300 yards to a little over 1,000 yards over the last four games. Now, has the competition been great? Absolutely not. You know, there's I think there's a Kent State in there. Uh, Rutgers is in there. Indiana's in there. They're not good football teams. They should be destroying those teams. There's some context there. But they are really, really putting it on those teams, and they're playing good football, football right now, especially on offense. C.J. Stroud is figuring out a quarterback. He's becoming more confident. He's becoming better with each and every game. Travion Henderson, a running back, is electric with the ball in his hands. They've got maybe the best receiving core in the country. Maybe it's not even maybe. It's probably they do have the best receiving core in the country. So they're they're rolling on offense right now. Penn State defensively is good. They're, they're pretty good, but they're not elite. They're like a fringe top 25 team. But again, Ohio State's becoming an elite offensive team. So it's like an elite offense versus like a pretty good defense. And it's at Ohio State. I don't really like that matchup here for Penn State. This is another head versus heart game. It's kind of the theme of the week for me. I want Penn State to win because that would knock Ohio State, in my opinion, out of playoff contention. That would be their second loss. I just don't see how that happens. I just don't think Penn State can score. They just can't score enough. And I, look, guys, I know the Ohio State defense is not great, but they have gotten a little bit better as the year has progressed. And this Ohio State team, I don't care about the competition. They're just walloping teams right now. I think Ohio State wins this game absolutely. I, I am very confident they're going to win the football game. Now, the spread, Charlie, you're right. 18.5 is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Man, but here's the thing, Charlie. Penn State just can't score. You mentioned they played nine overtimes, right? Yes. Do you know the final score of that game? I don't remember. 20 to 18. Yeah. Nine overtimes, Charlie, and the score was 20 to 18. What does that tell you? That tells you neither one of those teams can score can score the football. All right? They can't score. Can't score the football is not even a saying. I've lost my mind here. Neither one of those teams can score. And I just don't think... If they couldn't score against Illinois, are they going to be able to score against Ohio State in the horseshoe at night? I just don't see it happening. So I've gone back and forth. This I definitely think Ohio State's going to win. 18.5 is a lot in a big spot here. Penn State's a proud program. They're, they are pretty good on defense. 
But you know what? I think Ohio State's kind of kicking this into another gear. Give me the Buckeyes to win in a late backdoor cover. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, finally it's time for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, although I don't think we're supposed to call it that, but... Call it what you want, Charlie. Whatever. Who said that? Who even said that? I don't know. Georgia's Presidents? Cur- I don't know. Georgia's currently favored by 14 over the Gators. Are you ready to beat Florida? Charlie, I'm always ready. I know I am, and I know Kirby is after losing to Mullen last year. He's ready. I'm ready, ready after losing to Mullen last year. Florida may have won the East last year, but the Gators are currently 4-3 and three with losses to Alabama, Kentucky, and an inexplicable loss to LSU of all teams. I still can't believe that game. I mean, I've, I've watched that game like four times now, and I'm like, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, yep. what is happening here? They've had quarterback issues this year between Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, and I think you said right before we started that Dan Mullen named Anthony Richardson well, as the there's starter reports. This week. I haven't seen anyone officially say that, but there's reports that he said that somewhere. I looked, right before we got on here, I saw that. I've, I've kind of scoured the internet real quick. I haven't seen it, but I think it's trending that way. Okay. I know you recorded an in-depth preview show earlier this week like you always do, so if you haven't listened to that, go check it out before Saturday. Um, might be one of the best ones this year so far. What a plug, Charlie. What a plug. I love it. Thank you. I was going to say, just say thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah, there you go. All right. Any fleeting hope Florida had of winning the SEC East was completely eradicated after the loss to LSU, but this is a rivalry game, and I would put my money on Florida coming out motivated for an opportunity to beat the number one team in America that also happens to be their bitter rival. Uh, With no title to play for, this is what Florida has to play for, and I fully expect to get their best shot. Will it be enough? I do not think so. Lock it up. Georgia wins and covers. Lock it up. Yep. Is this your lock? It is. This is the lock. I told you I had one. You are never confident in our game, especially. When, I mean, it's not a big spread. It's I'll like a probably 20. lose it this weekend, but don't we're even say go that. With don't it. even put that out there. Oh, Charlie, Charlie, you were sandbagging over here. I like it. I like it. That's some confidence. Well, friend of the podcast, Josh Stevens, a very good friend of the podcast, Josh Stevens. Coined the phrase Old Georgia Syndrome a couple weeks back. He introduced that phrase, and I love it. I love it, man. And those afflicted with Old Georgia Syndrome would be worried sick over this game in this spot against the rival Florida Gators. Georgia's number one, facing a 4-3 Florida team with nothing to lose in a rivalry game. We've got questions about the quarterback position. Florida starting a new quarterback with limited tape, coming off a bye week, a bye week that gave Dan Mullen time to use his offensive wizardry to draw up new plays and wrinkles that we've never seen before. And you know what? Old Tyler would have been right there, jumping up and down, pointing and screaming, just like all those people afflicted, still afflicted with old Georgia syndrome. But there's good news, guys. I'm in recovery. I'm in recovery from my decades-plus-long case of old Georgia syndrome. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not out of the woods yet. I can't sit here and say I have no concerns. 
and I'm in a, like a complete state of calm entering this game, that would be a lie. But it's a process. It's a process, guys. What I can say is I'm on the road to recovery here. Because sticking with the theme of this year for this Georgia football team, this is a different team. They've proven it week after week after week after week. This would be a trap game spot for Georgia, for the Georgia teams of years past. But this is a different team. You could, on one hand, worry about Anthony Richardson potentially getting his first career starts, trending that way. There's limited tape to prepare off of. Dan Mullen with that bio to draw up some things to fit his skill set, some, some things that we haven't seen. That's how people afflicted with old Georgia syndrome would look at this game. Or, or just hear me out here, you could look at like a person with no ties to either team would and point out that Anthony Richardson, yeah, maybe we haven't seen that much of him, but he's also making his first career start against the best defense in the country. To this point, a historically good Georgia defense that has also had its own bye week to self-scout and clean up some of our own issues. You could look at it that way as well. Now, people with old Georgia syndrome, they'd also point the quarterback situation here in Athens and say, well, our offense hasn't proven, hasn't proven they can win a shootout. And they're going to claim that Kirby's going to screw this up with the quarterback some way, somehow. Old Georgia syndrome would tell you that. Or if you've recovered from old Georgia syndrome, or at least if you're in recovery, you could look at it and say, well, yeah, you know what? Georgia has been pulling away against teams with equal or better resumes than Florida without even the option of playing J.D. Daniels with him being, being out with, with various injuries and without a number of weapons at wide receiver. And you know what? Those guys are coming back for this game. Again, I can't sit here and tell you guys with a straight face that I have completely recovered from old Georgia syndrome, but I'm getting there. And I'm going to do my best to keep my emotions out of this pick, good or bad. I'm going to try to keep them out of this. Objectivity is the goal. And objectively, I feel very confident saying we are clearly the better football team. And I think that's the case by a pretty good margin. We are more talented. We are more stable than this Florida football program right now. We should not, absolutely should not lose this football game. Now, could Florida win? Sure, yeah, they could. It's college football. The gap between these two teams, there's definitely a gap, but it's not so wide that there's no chance in hell that Florida could win. This isn't Vandy we're talking about, but Florida cannot beat us if we play to the level we are capable of. Back in 2017, those of you who've been with us since that time, you probably remember this. I started to realize back then that we were better than every team that we were playing and every team that we we're going to play the rest of the way. And every game we played, it was about us. It wasn't about them. It's about how we played. If we played up to our capabilities, we were going to win every single game. That's what it was about. And I'm back in that mindset right now. Any team can lose. Every team can lose. Invincibility is not reality. But every single game that we play the rest of the season, including this one, we will be the better, more talented, deeper team. It's just a matter of how we play. If we play up to our standard, as Kirby likes to say, we will not lose football games. It's that simple. Now, will we always play up to that standard? That's hard to predict. You never know. But if we do, we're not going to lose. We're not going to lose this game against Florida if we play that standard. Because the fact is, Florida just simply cannot out-talent us in this game. For them to win, and they can win, but for them to win, we have to help them. We have to play with poor eye discipline again like we did last year with those with the, all the running backs getting involved in the passing game. We have to commit dumb, untimely penalties. We have to turn the football over. We have to settle for field goals in the red zone. We have to give them easy scores, all those things. But I think this team is dialed in. It's different from its predecessors. And four and three record or not, after how last year's game went down, 
Florida has their attention. And you know what, guys? You don't want to have our attention. You don't want none of that this year. And this is a Florida team potentially and likely trying out a young quarterback for his first career start against our defense? Yeah, I mean, Richardson's athletic. He's dynamic. I mean, he's a good player. But he hasn't seen a defense that can run like ours. He hasn't played a defense that can stop the run with even numbers and play coverage behind it. And on offense, this Florida defense that just gave up 321 yards rushing to one of the worst rushing offenses in the Power Five in LSU two weeks ago, they're going to shut our offense down. I'm not saying that we're like the most explosive offense in the country, but LSU, who simply can't run the football, ran for 321 against them. Tyrion Davis-Price set an LSU single-game rushing record against Florida. And they're supposed to stop our offense now that we're getting healthy? They're going to be able to hold up a man coverage on the outside against guys who have proven that they can make you pay for that. Guys like Ladd McConkie, guys like A.D. Mitchell, guys like Brock Bowers, they're going to be able to do that? I don't know, man. Like Anything's possible. But talking objectively here, I don't think you can objectively predict that as the most likely outcome. So objectively, although I do think Florida is better, I will say that. I think they're better than their 4-3 and three record. The three games they've lost, they lost by a combined 16 points. They're close games, one-score games. And I do think you can make an argument that Florida is the best team that we have faced. That's fine. I do think they're better than the 4-3 record would suggest. But you know what else is true? They have our full attention. We are getting healthier. We are more talented. We are deeper than them. We are better coached than they are. So objectively, the dogs win this game. And Charlie, I'm with you. Georgia covers the 14. I think we hit some some plays in the passing game to open things up early against the Florida defense that will be sung out to stop the run. I think that will soften their defense up, pull some of those guys out of the box a little bit, and then we can run them into submission in the second half. So dogs on top, winning and covering the 14. All right, so quick recap before we get out of here. Our differences this week. We have a few. We started out with a couple of differences. Um, I picked Michigan State. You have Michigan. I have Iowa. You have Wisconsin. I have Houston. You have SMU. Um, yeah. We both have upset specials with Mississippi State. Over Kentucky. I have upset special with Michigan State. And we both picked Georgia to cover the 14. You're locking up Georgia, though. Yeah. And you locked up Mizzou. You're making me look bad here, Charlie. So, yeah, I locked locked up Mizzou. You locked up Georgia. I want to lock up Georgia, too, but I still have this, like, these remnants of superstition in me, and I just can't do it. Not in this game. Well. Not in this game. But I I love love your... You can't do it. You can't do it. I love your confidence. I love it. I love you going on a limb there. All right, guys. Is that it, Charlie? That's it. it? All right, guys. If you're heading out to Jacksonville, hope you guys have a great time. Stay safe down there. If you're staying at home, have an awesome football Saturday. Hopefully, we'll have good news. Hopefully. Hope to God that we'll have good news to talk about come Sunday night. So make sure to check back then. But enjoy your weekend, guys. Thanks for listening. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.